0: Profiles in Cinemania. Robert Picardo. You wanna keep it down? Can't hear the war. Hmm. Doesn't ring a bell, does it? How about this? Nothing renews your appreciation for the military like the threat of invasion from life-sucking aliens. No? Still not sure who said that? Well, how about this? How about if I whistle the Norwegian national anthem, then crash into a wall and explode in a ball of flames? Yeah, you know who that is. It's on the tip of your tongue i give you one more. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. That did the trick, didn't it? Now you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, that guy. That guy who was in that one show for like an episode or two. By that guy, I mean Robert Picardo. And by that one show, I mean any of a few dozen shows produced from the late 70s to today. With nearly 100 credits to his name, and shows ranging from Kojak, Golden Girls, and The Wonder Years, to Tales from the Crypt, West Wing, and Grey's Anatomy. Robert Picardo is one of those ultimate that guy actors, as in oh hey that guy, unless you're a sci-fi fan. In that case, he's everyone's favorite hologram, the Doctor from Star Trek Voyager, or he's Richard Woolsey from the Stargate universe, a character he played on all three series and described as a likable Dick Cheney, which sounds like an oxymoron to me, but I digress. Picardo also starred in the direct-to-video masterpiece, Mega Shark vs. Crocosaurus. But we don't talk about that. When you factor in his time on stage and screen, Picardo's been acting for six decades now and shows no signs of stopping anytime soon. His Broadway debut was in 1977, playing the lead in the comedy, Gemini. His first TV role was on Kojak that same year. And his feature film debut was in the 1981 horror movie, The Howling. He played Eddie Quist, a stalker, slash serial killer, slash werewolf. The Howling was also the debut for both beloved director Joe Dante and makeup effects wizard Robert Bowden, who went heavy on the effects wizardry. This meant The Howling was the debut for two more things as well. Picardo and Dante's long-running collaboration and Picardo's love-hate relationship with makeup and prosthetics. He later said, Working in makeup is more emotional acting than regular acting, like you're singing in aria. You let it invade your whole body. It's probably a good thing, then, that he wasn't cast as Neelix, the character he originally auditioned for on Voyager, but it's still fun to imagine how that might have gone. Picardo has said that he loves to play humorous moments in dramatic shows. Quote, That's always the most fun, to keep the logic of the character in a show that's basically action-adventure, and then play the comedy moments, end quote, in his longest-running and possibly most recognizable role as the doctor on Voyager. He got many opportunities to play with that deadpan sense of humor. Though he didn't know it at first, he eventually realized that the Doctor was one of those subtly different sort of outsider characters that every Star Trek series has had, like Spock and Data. The Doctor's humor often came from not quite getting the joke, and Picardo really leaned into that aspect of his character. Picardo's second longest role was also as a Doctor. He was a main character on the show China Beach, a medical drama that followed the lives of civilians and non-combat military personnel stationed at an EVAC hospital during the Vietnam War. Picardo played head surgeon Dr. Dick Richard. Yup, in the late 80s, somebody at ABC okayed that name. This and his recurring role as Coach Cutlip on The Wonder Years won him multiple awards during the early 90s. Many of Picardo's other television roles have also included playing a doctor in one medical drama or another. He's been reported as having said privately that if someone ever asked, is there a doctor in the house? He could respond with, no, but I played one on TV for 15 years. Somewhat ironically, our favorite TV doctor started out on a path to being a real life doctor before diving fully into acting. Being a child of Italian immigrants, he felt that quote, I was part of the generation that was supposed to become doctors. We were second generation immigrants and it was luxury enough to go to college. The luxury of the arts was still a generation away. This is likely why Picardo was initially pursuing pre-med at Yale before he took the plunge and switched to the school of drama. He graduated magna cum laude and went on to act in more plays, films, and television shows than I have time to mention. Kind of reminds me of my own story. I'm also second generation, child of a Mexican immigrant, but instead of switching from biology to drama at Yale, and leaving behind doctoral aspirations to become an acclaimed actor with the voice of an angel, I majored in human development at a state school and abandoned my pre-med ideations to become a preschool teacher with a part-time podcast, who's also kind of tone deaf. Still, deep down, it's basically the same origin story, right? Kind of, maybe? Anyway, back to Mr. Picardo. That voice of an angel I just mentioned? Yeah, not an exaggeration. While at Yale, he was a member of the Society of Orpheus and Bacchus, which is the second oldest student a cappella group in the United States. He has an exquisite singing voice, which he's demonstrated in many of his roles, most notably in the Star Trek Voyager episode Virtuoso. He's even released an album of parody songs entitled Basic Bob, Parodies, Travesties, and Anomalies. On top of that, Picardo also directed multiple episodes during his time on Voyager, and was the only series regular to ever write an episode on any Star Trek series. Besides his love of sci-fi, Picardo has expressed an affinity for father-son stories, which is funny considering he has no sons, but rather two daughters, both of whom followed him into the film industry. guess being the third generation made it a little easier to choose that path. Gina, the youngest, is a video editor, while his eldest, Nicolette, works as an art department coordinator for shows like Chuck and The Mentalist, as well as being a compositor and matte painter on various movies, including Divergent, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Zoolander 2 the Picardos are halfway to having their own film studio at this point. Aside from acting, writing, directing and singing, which you'd think wouldn't leave much time for anything else, Picardo is a member of the Planetary Society, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the advocacy of space science and exploration, which co-founded by Carl Sagan and is now led by Bill Nye. Picardo was recruited to join their advisory council during his time on Voyager and now sits on their executive board. He writes their monthly newsletter, The Planetary Post, in which he shares the latest space and science news. guess this makes him a purveyor of both science fiction and science facts. It is seriously impressive how many projects Robert Picardo has been part of over the years. And, like a fine Italian wine, he just keeps getting better year after year. The Cinemania Society's own Ethan Ireland and Zachariah Burks have both worked with him on an independent feature and can personally attest to him being professional, kind, and really just an all-around great guy who is awesome to work with. I mean, you don't keep getting hired again and again like he has unless you've got what it takes, both on and off camera. We love all of Picardo's Cinemania-inducing roles, and we can't wait to see what he'll do next. Maybe a guest spot on a certain podcast? Maybe. Just throwing it out there. I mean, we've already had Tim Russ on, so why not Picardo? Anyway, this has been another Profile in Cinemania. This episode was written and performed by Hope Bravo. Music by Meteor at MeteorMusic.BandCamp.com Profiles in Cinemania is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC. Computer and program. Computer? Computer! Damn it, I'm a doctor, not a nightlight. (sighs) Somebody forgot to turn off my program. Okay, I guess I'll just sit here. Alone. In the dark.